podcast listeners. Welcome to another great episode of Podcast with Gautam and Jin. And thank you for joining us today. My name is Jin Van Stee, and with me is my co-host, Gautam Sivaj. Today, we're very excited to have Dr. Ronald Harichandran with us. Dr. Harichandran is Dean of Engineering and Vice Provost for Research across University of New Haven. Dr. Harichandran has um, a technical specialty in structural engineering. He has performed research on earthquake, pavement, bridge, and fire engineering and engineering education, and has published over 160 journal and conference proceeding papers and technical reports. And he has taught a broad range of courses in structural analysis, design, dynamics, and probabilistic methods. He has been vice provost for research for the past three years. Welcome, Dr. Harachandran, to our podcast. Thank you very much, Jen. Happy to be here. Excellent. So we'll open with a question on how has emerging technology impacted university education? And what are the latest impacts and trends and how does the near future look like? Yes, so you know, obviously uh, the pandemic, you know, in many ways was not a pleasant experience. But if there is one good thing that came out of the pandemic, it has been the broad adaptation of uh, technology in education. Uh, as you know, as uh, universities were closed uh, and uh, teaching had uh, you know, to be remote, a lot of faculty who I had been struggling to, to get on uh, video conferencing and so on and to use those tools uh, to improve learning and, you know, who were somewhat resistant to it prior to the pandemic, were thrust forcefully into that mode of instruction and quickly learned uh, what uh, needed to be done. Post-pandemic, technology has become a mainstay in education and a tool that uh, students are relying on uh, to, to really improve the educational experience. Obviously, it comes with the positives and negatives, uh, and uh, so the best approach is to use technology as an enhancer. You know, video conferencing obviously is the one that uh, most people started to use almost immediately. You know, uh, we at the University of New Haven adopted Zoom, uh, but some uh, video conferencing technology to do uh, remote instruction is what people were thrust into, uh, and not. Everyone had a lot of training at the onset of the pandemic and uh, really had to jump in uh, head, um, you know, feet first. But uh, over time, uh, I have learned to use it more and more effectively and, and we have been able to provide more and more training to faculty. Uh, but again, I think for those of you who have been on video conferencing uh, for some time, know that it is not necessarily the easiest uh, environment in which to uh, either teach or to learn. Um, you know, we want faculty to be engaging and the students to be engaged in the learning process, something that is, can be challenging in a virtual environment. One of the challenges moving forward is to really train faculty to adopt tools within uh, the platforms that can engage classes, uh, you know, whether it be interactive whiteboards or discussion boards and so on. You know, how can you make the learning process engaging uh, while you're teaching uh, remotely or in, in a virtual setting? So that continues to be a, a challenge and a learning uh, experience for faculty as they, uh, you know, adopt this more and more. 
you know, that's one aspect of the impact of technology uh, in education, uh, something that has been very broad across all disciplines. Now, within engineering and computer science, uh, the disciplines that are typically in the College of Engineering, uh, technology has been used very broadly, uh, even prior to the pandemic. So I think there's no question that uh, technology is front and center uh, in uh, education, especially within uh, engineering and computer science. Now, there are other technologies that are slowly starting to creep in, but are not mainstream yet. And those are things like the use of uh, virtual reality or augmented reality uh, in teaching and learning. Uh, so those have been much, you know, more specialized. Very few people are, are starting to experiment with that, uh, uh, but it's certainly not widespread. Uh, so again, something that has room to grow, uh, and uh, part of the challenge is, uh, you know, both hardware requirements, but also with respect to the comfort level uh, of people being able to use these uh, technological tools. Uh, to promote or support uh, education. Uh, so those, you know, uh, that's in a nutshell how technology has impacted education and, and is impacting it uh, moving forward. Thank you. And as a successful dean of one of the world's top forensic institutions, how would you advise an aspiring teacher, as in what are different career choices in academia, in how to be successful in the teaching profession? Yes, so the role of teaching is changing uh, very quickly, uh, you know, and technology is a piece of it. And so certainly any person aspiring to be in the educational arena uh, and to work as a faculty member uh, and to be teaching at a university really has to be adept at using technology, at least at a uh, you know, at a low level, right? So video conferencing, uh, technology tools, uh, online tools, uh, these are things that faculty have to learn to do. And that is this is true across all disciplines. So even if you're an English professor or a history professor, uh, you still need to be adapted using these tools. Students these days are expecting uh, much more flexibility in their learning experience. They don't necessarily want to come to class physically uh, every time a class meets. They want to be able to participate remotely, even when other students are meeting face-to-face. Um, -face. So that creates challenges as well. The so-called flex mode, mode of teaching, which is uh, both teaching students who are in the classroom, as well as those who are joining remotely, uh, is actually even more challenging to faculty because they're trying to juggle multiple audiences and, and multiple technologies at the same time. Uh, they often need someone to support the technology side so that they are not distracted from interacting with the class or, or the content. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, faculty have to learn to use these approaches, uh, you know, going forward because that is what students are expecting. And certainly in graduate education, that's even stronger when we are having working professionals who are trying to pursue advanced degrees, uh, let's say a master's degree, they're working full time. They want to be able to, to have a flexible approach where they don't have to necessarily drive in to attend a class, uh, that they can do it from their office, from their homes and so on. And so I think the best adaptation of uh, teaching and learning is really to mix technology 
with in-person instruction. And so I think that that's the best medium. It's not one or the other alone. It's really a blend of uh, both approaches uh, together uh, to really enhance the experience uh, for students. So that is what I would say that faculty need to learn and to be able to do. Uh, and being engaging is key, right? I mean, I think uh, many of us have heard about uh, death by PowerPoint. Uh, that can happen in a real life classroom where you sort of kill the enthusiasm of the student because you just rely on conveying information through PowerPoint slides. There is in, in the video conferencing world, uh, there is uh, death by lecture. Uh, nobody wants to listen to long uh, lectures online. Uh, so how do you engage classroom? How do you engage students? How do you break up your delivery into pieces where not all of it is just information transfer, but some of it is really students working together uh, in a virtual platform through discussions, through projects or through problem solving uh, sessions and what technology tools to support that type of interaction. These are the things that the faculty of the future uh, need to learn on the, on the teaching side, right? Of course, on the research side, uh, you know, people work in their own specialty areas and so on. And so that will be dependent very much on the uh, disciplinary areas. Embracing technology is, is key uh, to moving forward. Great. And how to do a comparison among different degree programs that university offers? Yes, so this can be quite challenging. Uh, you know, I mean, today we are in a world where uh, students and even parents are very much concerned with, uh, you know, what will happen after students earn a degree. So, you know, uh, when you come from, let's say, a wealthy background, uh, you know, a wealthy family, you might have the liberty of pursuing your dreams, whether it be in, uh, you know, in English or history or philosophy. Uh, or literature, you know, so, you know, you, you could have that luxury if you have the ability to pay for that both through school and possibly after school because your earning potential might be, uh, you know, not as strong. But now we are getting uh, students from, you know, less wealthy backgrounds. We're having a lot of international students who are coming from you know, who have meager resources to expend on education. And they are primarily looking to earn a degree or, or to receive an education that will, you know, result in employment uh, with strong uh, pay, in a sense, a strong salary uh, potential. So that then, you know, changes the way that students look at the breadth of offerings across different uh, degree programs. Uh, certainly, uh, in engineering, computer science, uh, these are fields that are in very high demand and our students place very well, you know, probably our placement rate six months within graduation is uh, stronger than 95% in these fields. So obviously, these are fields that have high employability, uh, strong returns in terms of salary, uh, and therefore, you know, it's something that is appealing to students. However, these are not necessarily fields that 
may appeal to every student, right? Uh, because these fields require somewhat stronger proficiency in math skills um, uh, and in technical skills, uh, which may not be what all students are good at. And I think one of the challenges uh, in higher education right now is how to make the, the fields in arts and sciences that might be struggling a little bit to get uh, employment, how to make graduates of those degree programs still be employable uh, and be in demand. And the key there, I think, is to, to again have a technology angle to a classical arts and science degree. Uh, so whether you are learning, you know, there are now efforts around digital humanities uh, or, you know, if you train students in journalism, you know, can they also be adept at uh, working in an uh, online platform with their journalistic skills? Uh, so cross-training uh, sort of their interests in uh, the more classical arts and sciences fields with technology which can make them much more marketable, uh, that's going to be a key. So as students explore options um, at any university, uh, they may want to look for those types of programs which embrace technology in a strong way uh, and therefore have a better potential in terms of um, getting a job or uh, employment. So that is what I would say people can look at, of course, Students do look at uh, labor statistics and forecasts and so on, which fields have strong growth. And for example, right now, health sciences is an area that the University of New Haven is trying to grow uh, because of uh, perceived demand uh, in the future. Uh, you know, students obviously have to cater to their own passions, and this is very individualized. Each person has their own interests, you know, expectations. Um, uh, once they determine what their own passion is, it is about finding um, a university and a program that can, uh, in a sense, marry that passion to emerging needs in the marketplace. So that, I think, is the key in how you look for a, a degree or a university. Very thoughtful. Using technology as an enhancer for educating masses is in the core of engaging with teaching and learning. This is the message from esteemed Dean Dr. Ron, who has dedicatedly influenced people's life in order to build a better society and a great future for many. We'll always be in debt of these leaders who are in forefront of implementing and adopting these new and advanced strategies with frameworks to help us grow. You're listening to the podcast, What's Up With Technology with Gautam Sivaj and Jin Mensti. Keep supporting and please share. Thank you.